Nostalgia Live Show is proudly brought to you by the Hoosier Basketball Academy. Want to improve your game and be an elite athlete? Hoosier Basketball Academy, located in the heart of Hoosier Hysteria, provides an excellent opportunity for student athletes to improve their basketball skills. Their goal at Hoosier Basketball Academy is to provide an opportunity for young athletes to reach their full potential and allow them to compete at the highest level. Using their training model, they believe a solid foundation of fundamentals and muscle memory training is critical for the development of elite basketball players. This can only be achieved if you are mentally tough, have a strong work ethic, and are willing to sacrifice countless hours needed to be the best you can be. The Hoosier Basketball Academy offers high-intensity basketball training focusing on small groups and individual attention needed to improve your game, as well as specialized training and drills done at game speed to push you to your limits and improve overall physical conditioning. One of HBA's goals is to improve the skills and abilities of each player trained by focusing on ball handling, proper shooting mechanics, speed, agility, and footwork allowing you to take your game to the next level. This training is for players that are serious about improving their skills. Hard work pays off and gives you the competitive edge in practice that carries over to games against your biggest rivals. In addition to offering training, HBA fields highly competitive travel teams with many teams qualifying for nationals each year. Visit HBAElite.com for more info. Be elite and train to be the best. Welcome to Keeping the Nostalgia Alive, the Indiana Basketball Memory Show. I'm your host, Billy Powell. Joining me today is 1973 Indiana Mr. Basketball, undefeated 1976 NCAA champion, uh, consensus All-American two times in a row. I mean, the accolades could go on and on. A number one overall draft pick in the NBA. Kent Benson is joining us. Kent, thank you so much for spending some time helping to keep the nostalgia alive and, and to, to share what life in basketball and the state of Indiana has meant to you. Well, thank you, uh, Billy. It's, it's an honor, a pleasure, and a privilege to uh, join you here today and really appreciate what you're doing for the history of Indiana basketball. Just, uh, it's so neat to, to see your posts on Facebook with all the different players and all the nostalgia. It, it just, uh, it's so awesome uh, to be blessed to have, uh, here in Indiana, you know, the Mecca of basketball, uh, uh, such a great, great opportunity with, with, with your program. And, and thank you so much for all you're doing for Indiana basketball. Oh, well, thank you for the kind words. The appreciation is all from me to you for spending some time with us. Kent, what was your first recollection of the game of basketball when you were growing up in Indiana? What's the first time you kind of put a basketball in your hand, or how did it get there, and who did you emulate? And um, take us from there. (laughs) 
Well, I think when I was about two years old, and I've got a picture of me in the yard um, with a basketball between my legs. I had been playing with this basketball, and uh, I still have that picture. It's been passed down to me, and uh, yeah, that's the that's the the first recollection of basketball that I have uh, as a uh, as a player. <laughs> So when did you start to get involved to the game? When did you start playing organized ball? When did you, you know, did you did you start out? I mean, when, when were your growth spurts? Well, actually, I, I officially started playing basketball on a team at uh, St. Anne's Catholic School in Newcastle, my hometown. I was a fourth grader playing on the fifth and sixth grade team. And uh, the reason being was I was bigger than even the fifth and sixth graders. So that was my actually first recollection of, of of physically playing any type of basketball on any team, organized team, and uh, just uh, I, I remember those days as if they were they were yesterday. Was there anybody uh, when you first started that uh, really that you know you would like to point out that really got you started in it or taught you the game? Uh, there's been a lot of people in my life that I, I credit uh, for giving their time, energy, and effort, uh, their expertise, knowledge, and experience in, in helping me become a, a better player. And um, the, the neat part about that, Billy, is that uh, all these people in my life who uh, helped me with basketball, the, the most important thing was they, they had a, uh, a vested interest in me as a person. They were, they were so uh, helpful, encouraging, uh, uh, taught me a lot of things. And, and the upbringing that I had with my parents and being brought up in the, the Roman Catholic Church and school, I learned a lot of things. And I had people who took a, an interest in me as a person and not just as a basketball player. You know, you have a, a great story. I think you said you were, uh, the story goes that you were in seventh grade and uh, you were in class and, and a teacher caught you drawing a picture of yourself. And uh, can you can you share with us what what that story is about? Sure, I'd be happy to. It was uh, I actually I was in eighth grade. I was in study hall. And of course, uh, study hall, you're supposed to be doing just that study hall uh, studying and uh, <laughs> My the study hall uh, supervisor was the uh, high school basketball uh, athletic trainer uh, James Pink Worthington and Pink was a great uh, uh, became a great friend over the years and and uh, I really got to know him um, because as an eighth grader they were they were starting to look at me as as being you know six foot seven six foot eight as an eighth grader and. And uh, with him being the the uh, study hall supervisor, why he had an opportunity to to develop a friendship with me. And uh, one day he was he was walking around the study hall, uh, just observing different students and what have you. And I was sitting there, and I was drawing uh, a picture. And he came up to me and says, "What are you doing?" And I said. Uh, I'm studying. <laughs> he, he, kind of, he kind of laughed at me, and, and I, he said, uh, what are you studying? And I said, well, I'm studying my future. And uh, so he sat down next to me, and he saw I'd been drawing a picture of uh, a basketball player. 
with the number one on his jersey and Indiana across the top of the jersey as well. And he, he proceeded to ask me questions. And I told him, I said, uh, you know, I want to I want to be the, the Mr. Basketball in the state of Indiana. I want to be the best player in the state of Indiana when I'm a senior. And um, we had a, a real serious talk. He said, uh, he said, do you know what it's going to take? And I said, yeah, it's going to take a lot of hard work and we're playing a lot of basketball. He said, well, that's right. But he said, let me share with you here uh, five things that I think will really help you. And uh, they're, they're called the five D's, five D's. And uh, and I, I listened to him. He talked about desire, determination, dedication, discipline, and direction. And he proceeded to talk about the importance of those five D's and how it's important in your pursuit of excellence or being the very best that you can possibly be in everything that you do and every way that you do it, no matter what it is that you're doing. And if you'll apply desire, determination, dedication, discipline, and direction, or direction being, you know, someone who's gone before you who has a success, uh, a teacher, a coach, uh, an advisor, a counselor, someone who will guide and direct you. Uh, will be very instrumental in, in, in your success. And uh, I've, I've still, to this day, remember those five days and continue to, to talk about them and share them with uh, uh, boys and girls and, and people across the country. What was, the, what was Newcastle like uh, once you got there to start playing? What kind of, what kind of history did they have in basketball? And, and uh, you know, what, what did you feel like your freshman year there at Newcastle High School? Well, I was blessed to, to have a, a great coach and Coach Cecil Tagg. And, uh, coach Tagg is, a, uh, is not only a, a Hall of Famer, but uh, he he was just a great person. Uh, he was a teacher. He, he was a friend. Uh, he was an advisor. But uh, more, most importantly, as a coach, he, he, uh, he would have former players, especially one in, individual player, a guy by the name of Steve Schmidt. Steve was 6'11", and about five years older than I was, but Steve took on the task of working with me as a, a seventh and eighth grader and getting me out on the on the and ninth grader, and getting me out on the, the basketball courts in the summer and became a friend to me and, and spent a lot of time. He taught me a lot. Uh, he worked me over, uh, game after game after game and made me tougher and, and just taught me a lot of things. And, and, and coach tag, uh, has such a great rapport with his players and his former players that, um, he could ask them to do something like that and they were willing to do it. So I'm very thankful for, for my coach, uh, coach Cecil tag and, um, you know, I hate that he's gone, and uh, I miss him a lot because uh, he was someone I could always confide in as well. What was the atmosphere like playing in Newcastle? What was the what was the what was the crowd like? Was it like any other? <laughs> uh, you, you know about Newcastle Chrysler High School Fieldhouse uh, happens to be the largest and and finest fieldhouse high school gymnasium in the world. It's 10,000. And um, 
basketball in Newcastle uh, back when I was growing up was was the place. It was the happening thing, uh, especially on the weekends, on Friday and Saturday nights during uh, during basketball season. And uh, I had an opportunity, of course, uh, when I got to be you know sixth, seventh, eighth grade, uh, to go to those games and, and watch players like Steve Smith and Billy Ross and Doug Ferguson and and just uh, you know guys that uh, Steve Williams, guys that uh, John Hall. These guys that were were great high school players, and it kind of set the tone for me in, in helping build my dream and my pursuit of excellence. What what were what were your teams like when you played for Newcastle? We we had very good teams. Uh, we we won sectionals and regionals, and as a sophomore in 1971, I was blessed to play on a team that, that went to the state finals and uh, we got beat in a in the morning session by Elkhart Central, um, Carl Macon, Schaefer Suggs, uh, uh, they beat us in a, a triple overtime and, and I, I think maybe even today that that game still may be the longest uh, 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 game in the state finals uh, here in Indiana. But uh, that evening, um, East Chicago, Washington, with uh, Pete Turgovich, uh, uh, Tim Stoddard, um, Junior Bridgman, Darnell Abel, Ruben Bailey. That team uh, uh, played Elkhart Central and beat them. And I think, I think the entire season, I think East Chicago, Washington, ended up being like beating teams by you know. 30, 35 points. They were just a, they were men above among boys, and you know. But that that was a great memory for me, and, and having an opportunity to, to play in the world famous uh, Hinkle Fieldhouse, where you know, the movie Hoosiers was uh, was filmed, and one of the many uh, gymnasiums here in the state of Indiana. Kent, do you recollect the first coach that contacted you or the first letter you got uh, starting that uh, crazy recruitment of you? No, I'm sorry, I don't. I was uh, I was very blessed to have, uh, you know, Coach Tag and uh, the principal of high school, uh, Bill Lair, um, who, who took a, a, a real genuine interest in, in uh, helping guide and direct me with these letters and, and these coaches and everything, uh, knowing that, uh, that I was going to start getting a lot of attention and what have you, they, they helped shield me, uh, from a lot of that. And, and, um, uh, I'm, I'm so thankful for that. These gentlemen who, who took an interest in me and helped uh, guide me and, and lead me into making a decision to, um, attend Indiana university. Was there ever a point that it may may have not been Indiana University? Was there ever a teetering toward another school? Oh, absolutely. In fact, uh, growing up Roman Catholic, uh, Notre Dame was number one on the list, uh, no doubt. And, um, of course, Digger Phelps. And, and uh, I happened to have a, a cousin of mine that was a great running back at Notre Dame, Andy Hopp, in the early 70s. And so... Uh, you know, Notre Dame uh, had had uh, had top billing for for many years, and then uh, and then of course uh, 
the second place uh, school was Purdue because of my agricultural background, my uh, showing of dairy cattle and, and being involved in, the, in agriculture uh, and having a lot of my friends um, go to Purdue and as well as uh, some of my opponents that are great friends of mine even to this day. Um, so thankful for those guys. And, and then number three was uh, was Indiana University and then number four was, was Kentucky. So you, you chose Indiana University, and there's a kind of a, a funny story behind that, isn't there? Oh, a little bit of a, a, a funny story. It, uh, uh, <laughs> we have, uh, I had uh, visits, I made all four of my visits, Notre Dame, Purdue, Indiana, and Kentucky. I think it was in a matter of about two weeks. So every couple of, uh, two or three days, I was at a, a university visiting in. And um, it's just, uh, it's funny that uh, we talk about this and, and all, but when I, uh, uh, I committed to uh, attend all four of these universities, I already set up a schedule and everything. And then I visited Notre Dame first and then Purdue second and Indiana third and Kentucky was going to be my last visit. And uh, at Indiana University, I had a, just a great visit. Uh, I fell in love with all the players, Steve Green, John Laskowski, Tom Abernathy, uh, Glenn Buckner, Bobby Wilkerson, Scott Van. I mean, I can go right down the line, all the, all the great players there. And uh, I felt that Indiana was the place for me to go. And so back then you had to sign your, your Big Ten letter of intent before you signed your, your NCAA letter of intent. And uh, uh, so I uh, as my visit came to, to an end, I went ahead and signed my Big Ten letter of intent. And Coach Knight told me that, uh, well, he says, there's no need for you, for you to go and visit Kentucky since you're coming to Indiana. And he says, uh, we'll just call um, Coach Hall and just tell him that you won't be making your visit. <laughs> so uh, I'm sitting there in his office, and he dials the phone, and, and uh, he says, uh, Bob Knight or Yobi Hall and uh, Coach Hall comes on and Coach Knight picks up the phone and hands it to me and, and I, <laughs> I wasn't ready for that uh, I, thought, I, I thought we meant that he was going to tell Coach Hall that I was uh, coming to Indiana and needless to say uh, Coach, uh, Coach Hall had all these plans and, and everything uh, for my visit and he said, you know, you made a commitment to, to come visit and, and whether you come to Indiana or come to Kentucky or not, he says, uh, you still have, you still need to come to this, on this visit. So I went down there and, and had an absolutely fabulous visit. Of course, when I told coach Hall that I would see him in a couple of days, uh, coach Knight, uh, I experienced the first time, uh, <laughs> coach Knight being very unhappy with that, but uh, um, I went down to, to Kentucky and had a fabulous visit and, and it really enjoyed my time and, and it's a great school as well, but I just uh, felt that if I was going to, uh, that I wanted to turn pro as a, as a player someday that I'd have to pick a cut and pay to turn pro if I went to Kentucky and I wasn't willing to do that. 
Kim, so you, in eighth grade, you're drawing a picture of yourself with the number one jersey and being Mr. Basketball. And then, you know, four or five years later, do you, you remember where you were when you got the word that you were named Mr. Basketball? Uh, yes, I happened to be in the, uh, the locker room uh, uh, at Newcastle High School, and my coach and and uh, uh, principal came to to uh, the locker room, and I ended up happening to be in there by myself, and, and uh, they shared with me that uh, I had been named Mr. Basketball. You know, you have a lot of fantastic things that happened to you just before you even got to Indiana University, which uh, you exploded. How, how did you keep yourself grounded? What, uh, what, how did you keep yourself grounded through all of this? Well, I'd have to say that my, my parents, my family, uh, the people in my community who, who had a, uh, a vested interest or took an, uh, a vested interest in me as a person and, uh, and the upbringing that I had in the Catholic church, my parents, you know, talking to me and advising me, uh, you know, to, to keep a level head and, and to understand that my, talents and abilities and opportunities and situations come from God and that uh, I needed to, you know, take care of it and handle them. And uh, I, I believe that my faith in God and, and the people that I were, was able to associate with uh, definitely helped me, especially uh, my, my parents and my, my siblings. Once you got to Indiana University, did you... Was it kind of a shock going from the high school game to the college game? What was that like? Yeah, it was a it was a a, a shock uh, in, in a way because now instead of being playing you know great players once in a while uh, through high school, you were playing you know great players that were were great players <laughs> uh, from different high schools all in one on one team. So. Uh, with that, uh, you know, I think the coach Knight's uh, system, uh, his assistant coach, coaches, just and the players made help make that transition uh, possible, as well as my desire to be the very best that I could possibly be, and you know, apply those five Ds that I talked about earlier in my pursuit of excellence. And again, excellence is not perfection, but excellence is being the very best that you can be in everything that you do in every way that you do it, no matter what it is that you're doing. And, you know, Coach Knight and the whole atmosphere there was conducive to to me um, uh, pursuing that excellence, along with having great players who were great people and individuals as well. I mean, you, you don't see, uh, you didn't see and hear about things that are, uh, uh, are happening right now at Indiana University, and it's sad. Um, the lack of discipline, the lack of, uh, of understanding uh, the uh, held to a higher standard, you know, it's a shame that there's no more discipline than there is right now at, at Indiana University, and it, it's embarrassing, uh, to be very honest with you, and uh, and it's sad because Indiana basketball is, is so much better than that, and to be having the, the, uh, the whole country talking about ESPN, you name it, talking about what's going on, the lack of discipline in Indiana University. I, I have a serious problem with that, and, and I'm embarrassed by it. And uh, it's, it's hard to support a program like that from, from 
the coach all the way up to the athletic director up up to the president of the university. Kent, when you were a freshman, yeah, of course, freshmen could not play. Uh, you started sophomore, junior, and senior year. But when you're a freshman, was it an was it an adjustment, or were you kind of chomping at the bit to to you know play play a freshman basketball to get to that varsity uh, level? You know, I didn't play freshman basketball. I played I played uh, the year that I came out. Uh, I was able to play as a freshman. Okay. So. Uh, yeah, we I played all four years as a as a, on the men's basketball team, not on the on, not on the freshman team. Did you foresee uh, once you got to Indiana University? Did you foresee, did you could you foresee the the kind of success that you guys had there during your four years? Well, I believe that uh, I had a, a taste of that and saw the players that Coach and I had assembled. And you know, when you talk about a team, which we were. When you talk about a team, talk about putting together a, a, a team, a championship team, you talk about being able to bring a group of talented individuals together. And I'm talking about, you know, not just a basketball team, no matter what team that that uh, uh, people are, are, are on, whether it be a business team or, or, or another sports team or wh- whatever, but you talk about bringing a group of talented individuals together who use their God-given talents and abilities but at the same time, put aside their own personal agendas for the success of the team, knowing that when the team wins, everybody wins. And so I I was in a situation where I felt that I was uh, with the, the right coach at the right school, with the right team, with, all, with the right teammates, and with the right opportunity to to pursue that excellence and having an opportunity to win a national championship. Before perfection in 76, how disappointed were you in the loss to Kentucky in 75? Well, let me just say this, that uh, that uh, 92-90 loss to Kentucky in 1975 is, is the most memorable game that, that, that I have, uh, that I've I played. Even uh, it overshadows the, the undefeated national championship game, uh, so much so because had it not been for Scott May's injuries, we, we feel that we would have been uh, two years undefeated national champion. But that's part of that's part of life. That's part of the game. But that injury uh, to Scott May also prepared us for when Bobby Wilkerson went down the first two or three minutes of the game, and uh, never to be never to return back uh, to the game because of his uh, concussion. Kent, can, can you tell us a little bit, take, take us all a little bit through a, a coach night uh, practice. What was it like? Was it just really intense or is, is it what sometimes it's portrayed to be? Or, you know, there's the perception and there's the reality. What is, what is the reality of a coach night practice? Well, the reality is, is that uh, the players, every, uh, all of the, the players that I played with uh, had a mindset that, that we – once we stepped into assembly hall, it was all business, and uh, we knew what we had to do. We needed to uh, focus on on what Coach Knight was saying from a basketball standpoint. Um, it was tough, uh, especially in the beginning, to uh, uh, look past or or ignore the bombastic. Uh, approach sometimes, but he used that to get your attention and to focus on 
what we needed to focus on as far as basketball was concerned. And Coach Knight was willing to do whatever it took to to get you to play your potential because he knew and understood and studied and and figured out what every every player's potential was and how that would mold into the success of the team and what players had to do uh, what and play what role and and uh, he was willing to do whatever it took and he he provided an, uh, an environment for us that our practices were, were more difficult than our games. And uh, we always look forward to our games. Uh, and not to say that they were a piece of cake, but uh, compared to our practices, uh, the games were a piece of cake. Kent, what was it like to balance your studies with the game of basketball at Indiana University? Well, I think the the, the greatest thing was uh, for me uh, was the the tutor system that Coach Knight had really uh, set into place uh, a couple of years before when he came to, to Indiana University. And as a uh, as a high schooler, I you know I was a C plus student. Uh, I, you know, I did what I had to do to to stay eligible and and. Uh, because it demanded so much time. Uh, but uh, when I went to Indiana University, I, I knew that I had an opportunity to continue my education and and to utilize a system that was designed uh, to help ensure my success. And that was uh, the, the tutor system that was in place. And uh, had it not been for the tutor system uh, that we had available to us, uh, you know, I, I spent numerous, numerous hours um, <laughs> with tutors to, to help me uh, learn. I learned a lot quicker and a lot better, um, not from the professors, but from the tutors to help, uh, help teach us. And uh, I'm so thankful for that system that uh, Coach Knight had started there at Indiana University. Was there any particular, um, you know, during practice and focus and getting ready to play Every game. Was there any particular team that you focused on beating more, or was it, was it the same across the board? You know, it it, it was the same across the board, Billy. Because uh, you know, it, it didn't matter who we were we were going to play. We were always prepared. Where the, the the other teams were well scouted. Coach Knight did a great job with his assistant coaches, and uh, always prepared us for those games and and, and all the the players. The teams, their defense, their offense, uh, special situations, and what have you. But the bottom line was is that we were a team that was made up of players that were were, were talented and that complemented one another. And and Coach Knight knew that all we had to do was go out there and play to our potential, play with poise, and, and play to our potential. That it didn't matter who we played against. It's just, and again, we were always prepared from a, a scouting standpoint. But we we just went out and executed our offense and our defense, and and did the things that the coach Knight had instructed us to do within the game plans that he had. So you lost to Kentucky, the, uh, and now we're at the beginning of the seventy five seventy six uh, perfected, uh, you know, undefeated season. Um, you know, after the loss to Kentucky. Did you guys just come together? Were you guys more focused? Did you guys know 
that you were going to be just as good or even better the following year and takes a little bit through that uh, undefeated season? Well, that all took place right there in the locker room after after the game um, was over. Uh, after we had lost to uh, to Kentucky and and, uh, and the guys that were were graduating, well, of course, uh, we felt bad for them, and uh, there wasn't anything that we could do about it other than for us to go out and uh, make a commitment to one another and to ourselves to come back. Uh, the next season and and uh, finish what we had set out to do and and um, we each went out and and worked our ourselves to improve every aspect of our game, especially the areas in which Coach Knight uh, recommended that we work on. And uh, we came back with a mindset of uh, you know playing together and accomplishing uh, a goal that we had just missed. Uh, uh, the year before. Was there any game during the perfect season that you thought, wow, uh, we, we, we got out of there alive and we're still perfect. You know, is there, is there any one game that stands out that you actually could have lost, but just because of a couple things here and there, you guys pulled through? Well, I think there was probably a couple of games, uh, the, the Kentucky game down in, uh, down in Louisville, uh, at uh, Freedom Hall, uh, uh, in the Michigan game uh, at Indiana, uh, there were a couple of, of, of times that, that they were close. But, you know, Billy, there was never a time that I can say that any of my teammates or myself ever thought that we were going to lose a game. We never, that thought never crossed our mind because Coach Knight had done such a great job of preparing us for situations and and obstacles that, that uh, you know, when those obstacles presented themselves, we we recognized them and were able to make the corrections that needed to be made. And and so, you know, the, the game isn't over until it's over, and and uh, it's uh, until the clock runs out of time. And if it's you know two seconds or one second or whatever it is, you play until that buzzer sounds and and that was the mindset that we had uh, that was the approach that we took and that was uh, that was the, the successes that we had because of the mindset that we had and, and we had such confidence in in each other as teammates that we 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 did the things that each and every one of us had to do as well as uh, uh, being prepared for different situations and, and, and obstacles that we would face during the course of the game that Coach Knight had prepared us for. You know, you say uh, the game's not over till that last buzzer sounds. So so you're in Philadelphia and that last buzzer sounds and you, you guys are 32-0 and and national champions. Do you, what, you, you recall what's going through your mind or how happy or excited that you were? Well, there's no doubt that we were excited, and I was excited. Everybody was excited about it. But, you know, uh, it started in, in the locker room at halftime when we went in. Uh, we were six points down at, at half and uh, to Michigan. And, you know, Coach Knight uh, knew that the, the players were all concerned about the health and well-being of our teammate, Bobby Wilkerson. And, you know, he told us, he said, boys, he said, just want you to know that Bobby is, is doing fine. He's resting comfortably in, in the hospital and, and, and all. And he says, uh, so he knew that we needed to know that. 
uh, to set us at ease. And once we knew that he was okay and they were going to keep him for observation, um, why, you know, he said something very prophetic. And, and uh, at the time he said it, of course, it, it wasn't prophetic because we didn't see it as such. Uh, I never thought it would be prophetic after, you know, 39 years, 40 years uh, in the making. But he said, boys, the next 20 minutes, you have an opportunity to make history. And by that one statement, you know, we just, you know, it didn't sink in that 39, 40 years later, we would be still part of history and being the last undefeated national championship team. And so we, he said, just go out there and execute the way you're, and, you know, you're capable of executing and, and play your team defense. And it was, a, it, again, uh, I say very prophetic because that's what it was. And, and looking back 39, 40 years later, uh, how prophetic that was. Kent, what, what do you guys think about uh, the, this past year in the Kentucky team uh, going undefeated as far as they went? Uh, you know, you always see on ESPN and everywhere of how all these Miami Dolphin players get together and pop corks on champagne when someone loses so it doesn't uh, disrupt their undefeated season in 72. Um, were, you, were, you, were you going for Kentucky to do that, or w- would that have upset you if they would have done that? Well, first of all, let me say that, no, it would not have upset us if they had done it. Uh, records are made to be broken, Billy, and and uh, we're, we're not like the 72 Dolphin team that plays house and cigars and, and has a party because of the last undefeated team got beat. Uh, we don't do that. Uh, we know and understand and we're very comfortable with where we are. Number one, what we've accomplished, nobody can take away from us. Uh, if another team is, is able to do that, uh, we we know and understand what those players have had to go through to get to that point. Now, as far as uh, I wasn't, I was not concerned because of several things that I looked at uh, uh, through the course of the Kentucky uh, uh, season. Number one is that they were very talented; they were fun to watch. I enjoyed watching them play. Um, but my take is that uh, had they played, and, and, and this is my humble but most accurate opinion, okay, uh, but had they played in the uh, ACC or the Big Ten, uh, uh, they wouldn't have been undefeated going into the tournament. Uh, and then when they did uh, play the first Big Ten team, they they, they got schooled. And uh, uh, so uh, and then let me back up again also and say that had they accomplished that, uh, we would have said, hey, welcome to the club. You know, it's an elite, uh, an elite club, and welcome to the club, and congratulations. So uh, they weren't, uh, they're they not in competition, or they were not in competition with us and with our record. And besides that, if they were, uh, if they were to beat us, they'd have to go 40 years of undefeated uh, before somebody else did it. Kim, what was it like or what was the team's mindset when, you know, you won the national championship, you, you, you were perfect? Um, did, you, did you foresee a little bit of a letdown going into your senior year, leaving, losing a couple of players to the NBA? Well, uh, actually, we lost all, all four of the, the guys to, to the NBA. Uh, the four, four of the five seniors went to the NBA, and 
The only one that didn't was Jim Cruz. Jim Cruz ended up being an assistant coach and later going on to, to be a, a head coach at Evansville. And then uh, I think he, he went to uh, to Army for a, a period of time and now is in St. Louis, and he's had tremendous success. The other guys uh, went on to the NBA, uh, May, Buckner, Wilkerson, uh, Abernathy, and uh, they had good careers there, some longer than others. But um, my return as a as a lone senior, um, the only the lone lone player in my class, uh, uh, graduating class. Uh, yeah, it was a it was a letdown to to have to play uh, play the, the entire season without. Those guys around me, I had played with them for three years, and we got to know each other so so well. And um, and then to uh, uh, as a senior, have the experience that we had. We we ended up with a, a winning season, just barely a winning season. Uh, of course, it wasn't uh, it wasn't like the the year before or two years before, but. Uh, it was a commitment that I had made to Indiana University and to, to coach to make to, to remain there for four years. So were you uh, kind of chomping at the bit? Your senior season's over, the NBA draft's getting ready to come about. How how how, how do you prepare for that, or uh, what kind of circumstances surrounded uh, uh, your pick with the Milwaukee Bucks? Well, uh uh, you, if you'll recall, my senior year, I, I missed the last four games of the season uh, because of a back injury, and uh, uh, I was considered the, the number one draft draft choice. So uh, immediately following when I, uh, the season was over, they started doing uh, uh, evaluations of me, doctors, exams, and what have you. Uh, to decide whether I they were going to take me uh, number one, and so I, I was kind of kind of prepared and, and did the things that it, it took to get back uh, healthy again to where I could could play uh, uh, professional basketball. And, and by the grace of God and and uh, people who uh, prayed for me and supported me, well, I was able to do that. I played eleven years in the NBA and. And so thankful for that opportunity. What do you think about the college basketball game today? Oh, well, the, the game has changed. Of course, when I played, uh, uh, they didn't allow dunking and they didn't allow, uh, or we didn't have the three point shooting, um, uh, the three point line. So uh, the, the game has changed. Also, the clock, uh, the game has changed a lot. Um, in my opinion, uh, high school basketball and, and college basketball are the games to watch. What What was your – did you have to focus on making your free throws uh, in, in, in high school, college, and in the professionals? Was, was it a special kind of focus? Oh, absolutely, and, and uh, that's a great question because it leads me into a, a great saying that I use today that Coach Knight shared with us a long time ago, and that is uh, – the mental is to the physical is four is to one. The mental is four times greater than the physical. And physically, you can shoot a free throw. It's mentally, uh, whether you allow yourself to shoot it properly and make it, uh, it's a it's a mental thing. And, and you know, you, you, every time you step to the line, it's an opportunity to, to, to score 
uh, a point or two uh, uncontested. And, um, you know, you just go up there and you, 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 you think about what you need to do. Uh, just shoot your shot. It comes natural. And, uh, but you, you, at the same time, you see guys that can't shoot a free throw. And that's because they, they, they talk themselves out of it before they get to the free throw line. And, uh, you know, they just, uh, either they haven't put in enough practice or they don't have a, uh, a coach that has, has, uh, helped them with their shot to make them feel comfortable. And, uh, coach Knight always provided, uh, all those, uh, all those important ingredients for, for being a successful, uh, free throw shooter. So I take, I take that into the next question is what, what do you think about the game, the NBA game today compared to, um, you know, your 11 years in the game? Is there an NBA games being played nowadays? Or uh, I say that tongue in cheek. I'm sorry. I'm not a fan of the NBA. Uh, although living in Indiana, you know, I want the, our Indiana Pacers to have great success and our Fever as well. But uh, I, I don't. I don't watch the game. Um, it, uh, that's changed a lot too, and and all. But I do want my Pacers and my Fever to to have great success. Kent, what's it what's it like uh, in Indiana? You know, you 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 walk down the street. What the Indiana Basketball Hall? You're in the you're a member of the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame. You know, uh, uh, an Indiana Mr. Basketball. <clears throat> uh, what's it like? And you get noticed and recognized every day. Um, what does that mean to you? Well, it's uh, I'm tremendously honored and, and humbled by it all, and and. Uh, at the same time, when you're you're this big and this ugly, you can't hide. So, uh, you know, uh, no, it's it, it's really honoring and humbling, uh, especially you know, uh, people in in Indiana love the game of basketball, and and when you when you play your entire career uh, in front of fans who supported you and encouraged you and. And uh, our diehard fans, uh, uh, everywhere I go, I, you know, people love Indiana basketball and love to talk basketball. And being 6'10", uh, uh, just the other day, uh, yesterday, I had a guy walk up to me and says, as big as you are, you must play basketball. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's a, that's a common occurrence that they don't recognize me. And then, and then of course, they'll ask me my name and, and I'll tell them, oh, yeah, I remember you. And, of course, I've changed. I don't have the, the red hair anymore. And uh, so the the thing of it is, is that it's, it's tremendously honoring and humbling uh, to be in that situation, Billy. What does Kent Benson do today? Are you still involved with the game of basketball? I do. I, I, I do follow a game, especially high school basketball games and in uh, some colleges. College games, um, but I'm really focused on on high school boys and, and girls basketball. Uh, my partner Steve Streaming and I started the Indiana Class Basketball All Star Classic and Junior Games and Christian uh, High School Boys Games uh, back seven years ago. This year, uh, this June 19 and 20, over in Anderson University in Anderson, Indiana, will be our seventh season uh, that we've had this All Star game, and we. Uh, we honor all classes of basketball, and and that brings me to a point where back uh, what 15 years ago when we went to the the class system, uh, 
you know, they didn't uh, they didn't do a complete job on it by having an all star game for the classes. And um, uh, we we sat around and watched it for about eight years and realized that they weren't going to change it. So uh, we decided we would uh, we would start ours, uh, the Indiana Class Basketball All Star Classic, and and honor all classes of basketball, both boys and girls. And uh, do it in a way in which we could showcase these kids, uh, their talents and abilities, and uh, to college coaches all across the country. And um, you know, your D1 kids are going to uh, be signed and what have you. And there's going to be kids signed early at, at some of the, the D2, D3 schools. But our focus is to help kids, uh, the small school kids, get noticed and recognized. Uh, by D2, D3, NAIA, junior college coaches all across the country. And the way we're able to do that, Billy, is through uh, 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 through broadcastsports.net. And uh, broadcastsports.net streams live all our games over the, over the Internet and uh, allowing coaches uh, to see kids that are totally under the radar. And with that, um, we're excited to, to to say that we've been able to help a lot of kids get scholarships that were uh, were, were totally under the radar. And that's really a blessing because this whole the whole concept that we have is we are a five hundred one c three not for profit, so we're not in it for the money. We're in it for the kids, and and uh, we support a, a nonprofit organization as well called Imagine If, and Imagine If is a Christian. Uh, after-school program uh, for kids in the Madison County area and have done a fabulous job of, of, uh, of uh, providing an opportunity between the hours of 3 and 6 p.m. And, uh, on a daily basis during school to to help these kids uh, stay away from drugs and alcohol and sex and what have you and providing a great environment for them to learn about Jesus Christ. Um, so we've... Uh, we're, we're so blessed to have uh, have people who have now looked at our event and see that that this event is is truly a a first class event uh, uh, run in a first class manner for for these kids and uh, our focus is on them and not on on money. And and once again, what what was the website where people can go? They can go to uh, x XLH Sports, and that's the E X C E L H Sports dot com uh, dot net. Excuse me. And uh, uh, the 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 website that the games are are broadcast on is www.broadcastsports.net dot dot net. And um, we're just uh, so blessed to have. Uh, have them involved as well on this year. Uh, Wabash, uh, Wabash Valley Sports are going to be there doing the same thing. Uh, so we'll have two uh, two opportunities for, for kids to be seen all over the country by coaches uh, seeing these games streamed live over the Internet. Kent, do you guys, uh, do you still have a relationship with Coach Knight and uh, uh, all the players that you played with? Yeah, we we still have a relationship with them. Um, uh, Bobby Wilkerson and I are, are very close. We're business partners, and uh, uh, he's one of my best friends in life. Um, 
Uh, I, I see Quinn Scott occasionally, uh, Tom Abernathy occasionally. Um, you know, uh, I, I, I just see the guys once in a while. You know, we don't get together like we used to playing golf uh, when Coach Knight was coach here at Indiana University. But uh, um, the last time I was with Coach Knight was in uh, 2013 when our team was honored as the greatest team in the NCAA history in 75 years. And we got to spend uh, about four days with Coach and off and on, and, and uh, that was a lot of fun. Kent, did you see the comments that uh, Coach made about uh, uh, is he going to become a Christian? And do you have any comments on that? Uh, no, I haven't. Yeah, I mean, I, he well, was, uh, well, go ahead. I'm sorry. What was said? I, I'm and, sorry. No, that's okay. He was uh, at a retirement community in Carmel, and uh, someone asked him about that, and he kind of uh, made some positive comments, which I, I thought were very neat. I think you can probably find it. I'll post it. Uh, I'll send it to you later on. I think you'll find it interesting. Okay, well, I appreciate that. No, I, I haven't seen that. Uh, unfortunately, I, that day uh, I was out of town and was not able to to uh, attend uh, a dinner. I think some of the players had with Coach Knight after that event. Did you tell us about your um, um, uh, your religious beliefs? Uh, do, I mean, it started at a young age, and um, uh, it's it's helped you all through what up to what you're doing now. Correct. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I was born and raised uh, a Roman Catholic, uh, and uh, the Catholic Church very active in it as an altar boy, and you know, uh, lived uh, just a, a few blocks from the church. So I was very active as an altar boy, serving in uh, uh, all the masses, and and uh, I, I remained uh, involved with the Catholic Church until about 1995, when. Uh, I, I left the church and, and uh, started attending a Baptist church uh, called Lifeway Baptist Church in, in Ellisville, Indiana. And um, I started attending that church in, in in 2000, but I had looked at different churches from 95 to 2000. And, uh, but my, my faith uh, was really established uh, uh, growing up. I knew who God was, knew who Jesus was, but um, as a sophomore in high school, I, I was named uh, one of five athletes to uh, get a scholarship to attend a Fellowship of Christian Athletes National Conference. And it was there that I, I, I came to know the Lord Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. And then, uh, uh, like I said, I still remained in, uh, in the Catholic Church until 1995. And, and, and from 95 to 2000, was looking at different churches and, and uh, ended up in, in Ellisville, Indiana, at Lifeway Baptist Church, where I, I remained for until uh, just uh, uh, February of this year. And I moved from uh, southern Indiana up to Newcastle, back up to Newcastle, my hometown, and I've uh, been attending uh, Eaney Chapel Church out of, uh, out of Muncie, Indiana, which is just a few miles away. But uh, my faith is, uh, has, has uh, been, been very, very important to me, and, and uh, I realize that my uh, opportunity, situation, my talents, abilities uh, have been given to me by God, and, and I want to honor and glorify Him in all that I do. Kent, what do you think about the uh, high school basketball in the state of Indiana? Will it ever go back to 
being what it was? Is it, you know, do you think it's okay and headed in the right direction now? Well, let me just say this. I, I don't think it will ever go back to the single class because uh, it's uh, it's pretty entrenched into the class system. Uh, uh, we, uh, we we recognize that and and uh, and realize that that's one of the reasons why we, we started, Steve, Steve Strimmey and I started the Indiana Class Basketball All-Star Classic uh, to, to provide an opportunity for these boys and girls to to get seen by by other college coaches across the country, but you know it is what it is, and um, as you know, time changes. Uh, time changes a lot of things, and and new administrations come in. I mean, it happens all across the board, and and um, the same things going on at Indiana University. You know, times have changed. Uh, you know, Coach Knight is no longer the coach, and uh, different administration in there, and everything. So it's uh, it's just a shame when you see. When you see uh, situations that are happening at Indiana University um, happening, and it's embarrassing as well. Do you think that can be fixed? It can be. Well, it uh, that's left to be be seen. It hasn't been fixed for uh, several years now, um, uh, and I, I'm going to reserve my comments. Uh, <laughs> I, I just. Uh, uh, just say I, I, I'm not happy, and it's a total embarrassment, and uh, it's it's a shame that uh, this has been allowed to continue to happen. And uh, it's not it does not set a very good example for for uh, uh, kids growing up seeing what's going on in the university basketball program. Can't, I'm not going to use the word hate. I'm going to use the word dislike. But was there a place in college basketball? high school basketball, our professional basketball, that you really disliked playing or the fans were just so rough and arrogant or that you just you, you wanted to win there and get out? No, not really. You know why? Because uh, I thrived on that. I think we as players, uh, especially our, our 75 and 76 teams, uh, we thrived on, on uh, going into places and and showing them that we could win not only on our home floor but on 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 their floor as well. So um, probably the you know when I played in Italy, uh, we played in Turkey, uh, the country of Turkey, and in uh, Istanbul, Turkey, and that was quite a quite an experience uh, to be able to get out of there alive because of the. Uh, <laughs> Uh, because of the experience that we had, but uh, that was the only time that I, you know, was happy to get out of, out of some place because, uh, you know, basketball is basketball, and you know when you're on the court, uh, the fans are up there, they're cheering for their team, they got their blinders on, their 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 red and white or their black and gold or their blue and white or whatever may may be their favorite team. Um, but uh, we just go out and we play the game, and and you know once the once the the ball goes up at the tip, uh, you block everything out, and you you just take on the task at hand, and that's to you know play your potential and and play with uh, uh, play with the uh, poise and all that that got you the success that 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 you've worked so hard to accomplish, and so. It's uh, it, it 
No, I, I, I'll, I'll say this. That no, I, I, there was never a time that I just wanted to get out of a place because, uh, you know, uh, you look at the uh, through high school, I was in the North Central Conference uh, with all those schools that had great gyms, great fans. Uh, basketball back then was just uh, just incredible. And uh, I had a, an awesome experience then to, to play in the Big Ten and to experience what I experienced uh, through four years at Indiana University and all the teams that we played and the different venues that we played in. Um, it was just a, uh, just a tremendous honor and a privilege to be to be on such great uh, basketball courts and great basketball facilities playing against uh, great teams. Besides the All-Star Classic, is there anything else that you're involved with or would like to share with us? Well, we uh, uh, this is our first year, our, our uh, inaugural uh, Legends of Indiana Basketball Golf Classic that we're having May 30th, Saturday, May 30th in Anderson, Indiana. And uh, money is going to to to, to be raised and, and all to go towards our our basketball classic, uh, All Star Classic in June, June 19 20 in, in Anderson, and um, it's uh, it's going to be a great event. We've got uh, a lot of great auction items. We've got uh, uh, some some great legends of of Indiana basketball. We'd love to to have you come out, Billy, and, and, and see and play if you'd like. Uh, but uh, Bobby Wilkerson, uh, Ray Tolbert, uh, Troy Lewis, um, uh, 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 John Gibson, Bill, uh, 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 I'm sorry, from the, the, the 1955-56 uh, Christmas Attic State Champions are, are going to be there, Mildred Ball. Uh, so we've got a lot of, of, of neat legends. Uh, Jumping Johnny Wilson's going to be there, former Wolf Trotter. We're going to be having an autograph session from uh, 10:30 to 11:30 uh, for uh, that. It's going to be open to the public for free and all. But uh, just a, a great day, a great event, and uh, supporting a, a great uh, charitable cause. Now, is there some place that people can go to uh, donate or? Uh... A website or anything like that for the golf classic? Uh, yeah, the the of course on Facebook we have a lot. Uh, people can go to to my Facebook, Kent Benson, and uh, uh, click on there and, and and friend me or what have you. But uh, uh, we've got uh, some information that I can send to you, uh, Billy, to make sure that uh, you, you can share that with folks if you would. No problem whatsoever. Well, I can't, the hour goes by so fast and, you know, I was, you know, I know the love of Newcastle basketball because when I was a freshman in high school at Broderpool, uh, we played Newcastle and Steve Alford and uh, they brought the whole town and we had only about 400 people there and there was probably about 13,000 from uh, Newcastle and watched Steve Alford go 25 for 25 from the line and score 57 points against us. And it's just been an honor to spend an hour with you. And uh, I thank you so much for helping to keep the nostalgia alive and, and sharing what you do now and sharing your stories of uh, Indiana high school and college basketball. I thank you so much. Well, thank you, Billy. And I thank your, your listeners and followers and, and appreciate everything. Like I said, at the beginning of the, the hour here, uh, thank you for all you're doing to, to keep Indiana basketball alive and, uh, we appreciate your love, you, and uh, continued success, and may the good Lord bless and keep you and, and your listeners as well.